0: Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 257 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, uh, Commander Phoenix to Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Deputy Trade Attache, Commander Silverine.
1: What up?
0: We have our Levian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. We have, of course, our Chief Bar Steward, Commander Grant Psycho Cow-Wilcott. Hello. Hello. And, of course, we have our inevitable uh, <laughs> um, Commander Shan, whose title is Inhuman Resources Director. Hello.
2: Are, are, you, are you implying I'm on the show rather a lot? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Much more than you skyving rat back. I beg your pardon? You mean just because you haven't had a holiday this year?
2: Well, I was thinking about a year ago. I
1: mean, you you were in hospital and missed the show. Yes. That's such a crap excuse for missing a show. Oh, God. What, well, you mean just,
0: you know, almost dying? Yes, okay. I'll... I'll... <laughs> as much as as much as there are various members of the community who wish that I would, I'm I'm going to refuse to. <laughs> and I still maintain that the um, the Drabble show had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's, it's Grant's claim to fame that he says that made him laugh, made me laugh so hard I almost died, which is not true. It, it was
3: a good claim to fame. It was almost as good as the uh, Drew Wagar swerving off the road listening to Dockers. That wasn't what I, that's, that's not what happened. This Fantastic That this Fantastic He was hit off the road by some other madman, not me, and nothing to do with Dockers, Live Radio, or or or, or the Drabbles.
0: Um well that's what he'd like you to think.
2: Mm. <laughs> it wasn't Harry Potter, was it, who tried to scroll off the road.
0: <laughs> oh the irony.
3: Do you, you you don't get that in a car, do you, when someone goes into the back of you the side of you? You don't get a wee warning bzz, interdiction detected
0: <laughs> oh. Well, um, yes. But you also we're don't get credit fine either, do you? No. You get plenty of points though. Let's hope so. Uh, Mother Lenin's asked for a ticker update, Colin. A, a, a ticker update? Yeah, it, it's still there. It's still working. Can I have a uh, liver update? Why, why is there a problem with yours?
1: No, I, I, I just thought we were asking about your internal organs. I just thought I'd get involved.
0: Um, the, liver, the liver seems to be quite so fine, apart, apart from <coughs> the various attempts to kill it using alcoholic poisoning. Uh, <laughs> your spleen? How's your spleen these days? I was uh, wondering about his spleen. My spleen. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it lately. I think it's the wrong colour.
3: Okay, if we're 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 playing (laughs) this game, how's your arsehole? Is he back from holiday yet?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Captain Innuendo is still on Ah, holiday. So So if you wish, you can join us live with this witty repartee. We're hanging out... um, obviously on Twitch, uh, which you can, um, on the Twitch chat, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat or on twitch.tv slash laveradio. Um, we are not in the near the Orange Soundwinder bar, although we have sent Kurgle off on a reconnaissance mission, which we'll talk about quite soon. So, um quickly going round the table, see how everybody's been for the last week. We'll start with uh, Commander
1: Souverine. How have you been? Oh, just absolutely smashing, thanks. Um It is a so this weekend top and down with the Nazis, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So this last weekend was um a weekend during the uh during my lifetime in which the sun continues to burn and um and reality continues to tick along which means inevitably that i was at a wedding um so uh and it was a five-day event uh luckily i only had to go for two days of it um it was one of my wife's best mates weddings and they had a um it was in a field in norfolk Uh, so i had to go and and do that uh, for the fifth time this year which is. A complete fucking ball ache. I hate weddings. Um, was it was it like a Jewish wedding days. Proper just it just a a normal British wedding. Just they seem to her mates seem to compete with each other to have the longest, most ornate weddings. Um and so like, you know, it, it's not just ceremony, mm-hmm. drinks, and then supper and then party. It's now like a thing the night before with all their best mates and then the thing on the day. And then, and then like a brunch the next day. Like, so the the day after the wedding, we all had to file into the local village hall to have like a canteen breakfast. And I was like, we could have had these at our leisure in the various places we were staying. Like, and you know, everybody's hung over and it's like, this is the, like, this is the most sort of, um, this is the, the, the most strange note to end the celebration on. Um, so yeah, I had to do that, and then got back to London yesterday, um, and then today I've been editing like a madman all day, um, and sweating as well, in 32 so degrees. did the
2: booze hold out, or did you have a guy turn up in a toga and say, give me some water, I'll help you <laughs> The booze held out, the booze did hold out, um, and now they is. have a second mortgage paying for it all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Th-
1: this, that's the other complaint, yeah. It, it's, um, it, yeah it's the high bills, high bills just come, price
0: from, price. come through from your wedding, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much like the Cheshire set vid- weddings that we get up here, you know, the full-on Titanic theme and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It, no, ours was, ours was uh, minuscule compared to all this. It was in, a, in one mere day um, in a pub um whereas this was this seemed to uh this seemed to take up the entire county for like several days i was joking that after after the wedding ends it'll be like um the norfolk will end up like one of those distressed northern towns where they used to have mining and everybody just mopes about so
2: are are we going to see this wedding on um on the uh, norwich equivalent of of uh, the Chelsea programmes you know yeah.
1: <laughs> but they're, they're not very posh
2: so it's any, not any very which but nor- any which way but Norwich or my like that <laughs> don't
0: know, maybe maybe. yeah, um, one word of warning for those things, never have one of those, uh, let's all release the butterflies when there are fans at the top of the marquee it's just asking <laughs> for trouble
1: <laughs> did, did I'd like to see that Confetti <laughs> Yeah, it's a good way of making confetti.
0: <laughs> Squidgy wet confetti that ruins a dress- uh, that uh, ruins dresses. Have you that's, actually that's... seen this, Colin? I'm not saying a word.
2: <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I wanna see that on a YouTube or something like that. I just well, I guess it's better than releasing doves inside with fans, I suppose.
0: <laughs> <Ew>. mm. <laughs> okay, Commander Shan. What have you been up to, apart from fantasizing about destroying people's weddings?
2: Uh, Yes, we had quite a good weekend, really. Um, Well, during the week in game, um, doing some more engineering farming to get my various other accounts up to spec. So that's what I've been doing in game. Um, And then the weekend, we went to visit some uh, friends of ours, well, I've known I've known them since the university, but we haven't actually been around the house for 16 years or something like that. And it was, it was really good to catch up and, um, yeah, we just had a really pleasant day on Sunday. Um, so yeah. And then yesterday we were, we were sort of recovering from said visit, um, baking slowly in the sun. Um,
0: so yeah, it's been a nice couple, nice few days actually. Excellent. Uh, what about, <laughs> What about uh, Commander Kurgle? We haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah,
4: I've um, this week I've been sorting my spare room out so that I can build the ultimate VR pad for uh, playing Elite in. Um, so yeah, lots of shifting around boxes of junk <laughs> and uh, cleaning crap out. Uh, in-game I have been continuing the onslaught of trundling around on planets and collecting engineering stuff and doing a bit of Guardian stuff. So I'm just slowly getting my engineering stuff up to scratch still.
0: Excellent. You, is it really getting to the grain now? To get uh,
4: yeah, I, I think we've got, in our show notes, uh, one of the viewers uh, or a group of players have mentioned a similar thing. I find it really annoying. Not so much the actual activities, but more like I want to do some combat right now, but I can't. I have to try to, how to collect all of these things so that I can do the combat later, and that is that is a little frustrating.
2: We'll come on to that, because I, I, I have some words about that thought, as you might oh,
0: expect. Words. Oh, no. Excellent. Uh Well, that leaves the, the legend that is Commander Psycho-Gal. have you been?
3: Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been good actually. It's it's been a wee while since I've been on, but that's that's fine. That just means I've been busy elsewhere. We have finally uh, put Christmas to bed and that's good. Uh we have not done any progress in the bathroom as yet. And um for the weekend if you did catch my streams, you may have learned why I was banned from uh playing kerbals. Um as the language that I use becomes very choice and blue. Um, I have since resolved my issues with the Kerbals and have this beautiful craft that um, makes me laugh. Um, Let me just turn off. (laughs) I'm going to turn off the overlay Um, for a second.
2: Were you you swearing because you couldn't get the Kerbals into space or because you were failing to blow them up?
3: Um, Generally speaking, what happens is I swear... Because the damn thing doesn't do what it should. So here we have a beautiful rocket. I like to call the spinning top. Well, actually, I don't. I call it cock to fuck to me. Um, but we're gonna put it <laughs> on the launch pad now. By all rights and um, you know demand, this this damn thing should not manage to sort of balance on its single rocket. But it does. <laughs> it does, and it does it quite beautifully. And, and what what. If it was there we go, so if I if I zoom down and you have a look underneath it you can, oh for goodness sake why did they put stupid things in the way so there's a single, single engine underneath there and this ship has now had uh, countless successful there you go, you can see a bit better there uh, missions yes. into orbit and back and I've cracked it and I'm really quite enjoying it um but it led to a point where there was a mission too close to land and I couldn't get my airplanes to land on it to go and do the ground survey and it was on the same part just past the runway. So I thought, well, I'll build a car. And that took frickin' six hours <laughs> Six hours I'm not getting back! Six hours you robbed from me, you little yellow bastards! You fucking <laughs> physics my arse! Look at this, I make a mockery of your physics! There, look, that fucking rocket's going straight up and there's no reason in this world that I should do that! Physics be damned, this
2: is bollocks!
0: And you are welcome to the Kirgl, um self-help group.
2: I was about to say I think that the the next one we'll be asked for a ticker update is cow don't we (laughs) Uh,
0: you know what I've never felt sorry for uh, Kerbals more than I do right now
3: poor little
0: green guys
3: I've got four four passengers just now we're going up into space with four passengers who want to be in orbit for a wee bit uh, and um, we're, I'm going to get them there, and I'm going to bring them back in one piece too. I I think.
2: You think <laughs> not because it's easy, but because it's hard. We <laughs> we vowed to put four kerbals into space and bring them back safely before they're <laughs> be out. Oh man!
3: Oh, it'll be done. It'll be done. I've got I've got the hang of this now. I'm sure of it.
0: And <laughs> um, we're waiting for the explosion, but. I, mean, I think we'll move on before uh, before the inevitable happens. So, uh, well, let's have a, a think. What I've been up to? I'm in game. I'm still out of the Witchhead Nebula. I'm still trying to get to Deadly. I'm still blowing up Thargoid Scouts. Um, I think I'm going to have to stop that now and come back to Maya just to just to see what we're go hopefully going to see later on. Um, apart from that, uh, we were at the the Cheshire. Um, county and game fair yesterday which meant that we turned up saw a load of animals and the kids got to fire off shotguns will
4: yeah. robinson
0: yeah yeah giving my 12 year old son a genuine shotgun and watching him trying to shoot things doesn't fill me with confidence <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he does fill me with confidence because if he points it towards me he'll miss not that i'm giving him ideas <laughs> Um, but yes, and seeing some of the farmers actually teach four-year-olds how to shoot clays was, was quite amusing. But uh, yes, um, and we saw lots of horses doing very horsey things and a lot of dogs, an awful lot of dogs. And I've been trying to persuade the kids not to buy one. So dogs always maybe... worked
4: in the past, right?
0: Yeah, like, no, you're never going to get a goldfish. we got goldfish. No, you're never going to get rabbits. We've got rabbits. I want a dog. I want a hamster. Oh, God, no. Just please, no. (laughs) So, first up on our list this evening. um, Well, as you can see, Kurgle is actually on a mission for us. He is flying to Maya because there's something new at Maya this week, hasn't there? Uh, Who would like to explain what's happening at Maya above Peelin's old base? Well, there's been a new type of Thargoid spotted.
2: Um, I can't pronounce what it's. I'm not going to try. But basically, it's a it's a reskinned um, Cyclops that when you analyse it. And when one commander kind of glitched it a bit and managed to destroy it, uh, shows up as a basilisk. So the thought there's a couple of theories about this in terms of the game uh, itself is that first of all, uh, players were never meant to be able to catch it because it does run away or supposed to run away as soon as you um, make contact with it, Mm -hmm. Um, or that it's it, all that it's uh, a part of a newer soul but it's quite interesting because the markings and the design is very different and people have speculated that it could be uh, one of uh, professor palin's experiments because it has a slightly human slash
0: Thargoid look to it I what you mean you mean the fact it's it's silver and yellow
2: well, and and the, uh, and, the, and the canopy design as well is different.
0: Well, according to the Anti-Xeno Initiative, um, it was discovered by Commander Huss- Huster of uh, Kars Um It was finally uh, Xeno scanned by Commander Aragonist Rage, assisted by Commander Blake Nielsen. Uh, it contains five hearts. Two uh, percent damage per goss shot at it. That's obviously guardian goss weapons. It is EMP capable. I don't know how the heck they managed to solve that. Uh, discover that it has strange sub-target modules marked as unknown drives. Um, there's a giant no in the HUD marking. Maybe that's a message from FDEB that we're supposed to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Is very different from the interceptors. It can exclusively be found at the the old Palin Research Station and will always wake away at a very high speed. Uh, And it's capable; its speed's greater than the Basilisk, which is is phenomenal. Uh, And as as you said, um, the research limpet, thanks to Commander Lenny Lenny Crow, um, yields a Basilisk sample. Um, Yeah. Now, there are also reports that when it launches, there are a whole load of Thargoid scouts around the uh, around Palin's old base which will start to fire on it, which, of course, has now gone and fired off another whole load of speculation that perhaps this is this other faction of Thargoids which are using humanity as a meat shield.
1: Um, is there any... Uh... Has there been anything about the Oresrians, Claxians, except for premonition and the um, whatever it was, and here the wheel, or whichever novel it was—the Dark Wheel? Um, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was the Dark Wheel. Yeah, the, the um, dark out, wheel of out of darkness.
0: Out of the darkness was it? Okay, yeah. Out of the darkness was the other um,
1: official elite novel. Yeah, because that, that that focused on the Thargoids. Because what I'm thinking is that Frontier have said in the past that the that the the, the The batch of um, official novels in 2014 shouldn't be considered um, shouldn't be considered law, although they're official Um, and I don't I think people focus on the Eresdrian and Klaxian thing and I don't actually think that there's any strictly speaking, I don't think there's any um, reference to them in the game. I don't think the Codex references the two different races of Thargoid and I don't think Frontier themselves have ever alluded to them so I, I don't know whether uh, my suspicion is that at some point in the future we'll all when the two races of thargoid fail to materialize frontier will say something like yeah by the way that that was that author came up with that we have nothing to do with us see my theory on that is you, you know and there's a tendency
2: in stories that once you've defeated the big bad to kind of maintain the sense of jeopardy a bigger bad has to come along so hmm. my my suspicion Is this other race of Thargoids is being kept in their back pocket as the bigger bad and we'll see them depending on how well or otherwise we deal with the Thargoids and the Guardians
1: Mm, Yeah, it could be it
0: Unfortunately, we don't have a a certain Commander Stroud with us to actually explain this because I have a sneaking suspicion he had a hand in creating the documents which um, Out of Darkness and Premonition would have had to have drawn (laughs) So, mm. I have a sneaking suspicion that, yes, those are in the game from the start, designed that way from the start, yeah. but it's only it's taken what it took two years before the the Fargos even started to make an appearance. Mm. Think about it 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 you know it's nice that they've held something back for basically this content drought that we have to be suffering with at the moment. Well, we were suffering from one until this week this re- this week is a veritable deluge i know and then after, after after last week we were just we were humming an hour and thinking what the heck are we going to do next you
2: think they could yeah. find
0: it better by rele-
2: by releasing half of what they released this week last week so you can kind of pace it a bit
0: but. <laughs> what you mean you were desperate to not to hog all the content at the same time or we'll steam over it yeah well, one of the things that we we should then cover is um, obviously there's the the two kind of uh, development news that have come out this week. Um, the first off, we'll, we'll we'll go into more details about uh, uh, the the bigger of the two new, uh, news items later. But obviously, the September update is now set for the eighteenth of September on a Wednesday, so uh, we'll miss it by one day hopefully the truckers will be able to to, uh, give you a a live feed of how they're reacting to the new update. Well, if it goes like other updates, not
2: many people will get on anyway in that evening, not being negative at all, but tradition has said is that when it's out, there's usually servers going up and down, disconnection errors as everyone suddenly swarms onto the system, Mm -hmm. onto the game. So, Yeah, rule number one, uh, only ever play it the next day. Yes, and don't book the day off.
0: No. No, never book uh, a day off, because it's normally coming out at 6 o'clock on the evening anyway. So, yes, I mean, uh, this uh, update has, of course, two items to to discuss. There's obviously the new uh, tutorial, uh, which is all voice acted and uh, has lovely what looks like um, uh, racing tunnels and and tutorials. Uh, And, of course, arcs. Yes!
2: (laughs) I think we'll reserve judgment on arcs until we see them, because it could be either really great or it could be horrible, depending on what they've done.
1: Could be fantastic. Could be the most gameplay-changing innovation in video gaming. I, you know, I'm, I'm not
0: quite sure whether I need to activate my sarcasm detectors at the moment. <laughs> well, no,
2: I, I think I think we can safely say some people will love it. Some people <laughs> will um, generate a Dead Sea's worth of salt over it. And most
1: people in the middle will just shrug and go, yes, all right. I think that the rate at which um, arcs are generated passively will be interesting. If, if, um, if arcs are generated passively just every time you log in and by hour played, for example, mm-hmm. um, it could be uh, it could be awesome because it will basically mean free paint jobs every month for everybody. Um, it could, if it's you know, we've we've sort of talked about it to death, but there are there are lots of ways that it could be implemented in a deleterious way that makes the game that's emotion breaking and and.
2: Well, feels the thing more is, though, so, if you if you do get them for passively. Staying logged on that station, and that doesn't really help Frontier or anyone because you just keep a, people logging in the morning and go to work and come back and get their and get their arcs. Yeah, so, well,
1: yeah, that's true. And the planet will slowly die. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a good point. Who thinks of the polar bears when they're coming up with these things? That's what I want to know. Mm, I don't however, the
2: polar bear, just keep on paint jobs.
1: However, somebody, some wag
0: on the forum, uh, not me, I will just point this out, said, um, why don't we have a sliding scale of arcs? So basically, if you're in solo or private, you get the standard rate, you play in open, you get double the rate. But if you play in power play in open, then you get quadruple the rate. And if you play in CQC, you get ten thousand. <laughs> well, the thing about art is they have
2: to they have, they have they have to come in two by two. Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of some Noah puns, but I just can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm all out of Noah puns actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not something that you <laughs> that you need. Well, you like <laughs> you like just rain on my parade, don't you? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that we've had Pride week this this weekend up in Manchester. Used to seeing rainbows. <laughs>
5: uh,
0: so um, obviously <laughs> the the tutorials and the and and the. Um, uh, arcs will be coming on the 18th of September and one of the things that I'm hoping for is we'll see a massive amount of bug fixes do you reckon we'll see a massive amount of bug fixes
1: uh, I remember the bug free idyll that was the environment after the last patch mm. um, I think- so I, I, I suppose that uh I guess my hope is rather that the patch doesn't introduce a myriad of game breaking completely nonsense bugs this time um, I think last time he, like the gaming press were fairly united and i mean it did, it was only a small patch so it only only got a few column inches but um, but the um the gaming press seemed fairly unanimously to suggest that maybe Frontier um, could try a beta. Uh, stage for the next patch um because i mean we had i don't know if you guys remember but we had like 10 days of ridiculous bugs after what was undeniably quite a modest patch um and we've had no beta we've had no beta this time um and the last and and the, the last last patch was such um game altering innovations as the super cruise assist and the advanced docking computer so um I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm anticipating quite a lot of bugs rather than quite a lot of bug fixes. Mm.
0: Yeah, it did seem, I, I do remember there being quite a lot of bugs that were raised that, um, well, they, they marked them as fixed, but it seemed to, as as usual, seem to cause more bugs later on. But uh,
5: <laughs> Yeah.
2: I think we're in danger. I think we're in danger of using up next week's content if you see what I mean, because it's the 18th of September it's due, so I think we need a speculation on the September <laughs> patch next week, otherwise we'll have nothing to talk
0: about. Because that's true, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, c- considering how much um, considering how much I think this main discussion is going to go on for, I think we've got two episodes worth. We might need a part two for this one. Yeah. But obviously um the in game events what's happened this week is uh, the new Thargoid type has been found at Palin's base. Um hopefully Commander Kurgle will let us know when he gets close so that we can we can
4: uh, I was just I'm gonna, in Maya, uh, I'm just having difficulty tracking
2: down any of these. I was just gonna suggest and we we have a sweet stake, is which which Kurgle, which, <laughs> Kurgle, which 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 Kurgle dies first? Kyle's Kurgle
0: or our Kurgle. <laughs> Well, considering um, uh, cows, kurgles, seem to... Um, uh, kerbals, rather, uh, seem to have um, managed to uh, take off an orbit and landing. Which Yes, is, they uh,
3: have! Mission complete! Get it up, nice. you kerbals!
4: Let me know when they get to Maya.
3: <laughs> no, well, hold
4: on I've not even gone to science. the moon yet. <laughs>
0: So apparently um you've got to go to Palin's old base. Uh, and that's the only place where you will find this um this new shiny Thargoid.
4: Oh interesting. That's
0: So looking looking about in other um signal sources isn't gonna isn't gonna help you on on that regard.
4: Get out the signal source. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what what is that signal source that you're flying through at the moment?
4: That... That was a uh, a convoy signal source. Weapons fire detected, but there doesn't seem to be any. It's just oh. a bunch of. It's just a big convoy.
0: Yeah, I must admit, when, where I've been in the Witch Head Nebula, I've seen a lot of um, uh, unidentified alien signal sources, but they're at threat level nine. I'm just scared to even look. <laughs> I don't think my poor creep would be able to handle it. I don't think, yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a threat at level 9. Come to Maya, mm.
4: I just flew past one a minute ago. Why don't you go in and tell us what's in there? Because that will be the end of my time in Maya, in my little Diamond bucket. <laughs> no, no, no! No, will i will Yeah, I'll, I'll in. See if I can find it again.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> uh. Oh
4: no, there's any threat. Threat six is the highest one I can get in now.
0: Oh well, then we know that that's that's basically a basilisk. So
4: threat five, threat five, threat. The one I was just in was a threat five,
0: but there wasn't any
4: threat in it. Oh,
0: um, that's it. We need we need some threat. Let's
4: have a look at the threat six.
0: <laughs> well, while while this is going on. Uh, um, yeah, the uh, Frontier have um, announced the latest set of paint jobs, so if you need a new paint job for your Mike Viper Mark III, um, they have the what seems to be this kind of standard set that they've been slowly releasing over the last uh, couple of months, which is uh, basically stripes. Um i'm afraid- I'm afraid to say i'm I'm well past the viper. I don't think there's any motivation for me to go back to a viper after after flying around in in vultures but um I suppose they're they're fast.
5: I
4: love my viper it's probably my favorite ship really yeah is that because
0: they're the fastest straight line
4: I just like that it just i like the handling of it it sounds amazing it's just really fun to fly it's also where in a crate or a Python or a bigger ship, you have no trouble in you know spelunking into a combat zone or whatever. It's actually quite it's quite tricky in a Viper.
0: Uh, I just like the challenge. Wow. Okay. Um. um yeah. That's that's. In,
1: I'm that's aware like...
4: I'm in a very small group of players that like Vipers. <laughs>
1: I like the Viper. I've got a Viper. It's great fun. It's got a. It's got over a thousand points of hull because um, I've engineered the shite out of it.
4: Um, I've got a racing one as well that'll do like eight hundred meters a second. Um, nice. Yeah. Yes, I love the Viper. It's an awesome ship, and just lots of memories from original BBC elite getting a million Vipers kill you when you broke the law. <laughs>
0: Um, someone, uh, Paul Archer has suggested that someone give Curb Girl the press tab out to wear so he doesn't get shot. Um, I, I don't that think, that think it might be works that way. <laughs> In fact, I know it doesn't work that way because when we were covering the Salome event, I had press written all over my computer, my, uh, my particular ship, but um, certain uh, wizard-based commander's <laughs> seem to think uh, that was an invitation to be shot. So, you know, so much for trying to cover that, that event.
4: The debris field.
0: Yep, you have got a basilisk there, I think. He's, he's scanning you. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, um, while this is going on, uh, can we go to uh, a couple of ads, and then we'll come back with our main discussion of the big... Uh, announcement that came out last week
3: Eddie Lee Wise here our family run business looks after all your sartorial needs whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit my husband Ken can sort you right out he's an expert at inside leg and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> on the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived... The Engineer. The Engineer can make your lasers... More
0: powerful. Your engines... Speedier. And your gas tank... Really... Really... Big. What do
3: you want?
0: I want... Fish. Wait, what? That's
3: right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wapagam, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, come on by with the long-nosed cat. Noodle nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nuka, wapawa- uh. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister! You're in the wrong commercial! Well, sh. fish, because, you know... Uh,
0: And welcome back. Um, As Commander Kurgles is still searching for the uh, elusive new Thargoid, obviously this week, uh, on Thursday, at Gamescom, uh, Frontier showed people at the Elite Meet uh, the new... Uh, update for December. Now, we saw a little sneak peek of this uh, at LaveCon, but they've gone and finally announced uh, fleet carriers, and I think it can be said, it took quite a lot of people by surprise. So, um, just to give some details, if if people uh, haven't seen anything about this yet, um, they are not fleet carriers which are attached to a squadron they are personal fleet carriers um, some people have likened them to the way the player freighters work in no man's sky um, they have a 500 light year um jump range uh, you can schedule jumps you have um 16 16 docking ports which is uh, four large four medium four small uh and they haven't given a, a price on how much they'll cost and on top of that they've got a whole load of um, different rules and modules to be added so yes um i think i think we should start going around the table and see what everybody's initial reaction was, so um, who'd like to go first?
1: I'll go first. Um, my initial reaction was uh, on the plus side, um, the game has long needed a late stage, like a like an end game credit sink. Um, it, is, it is very easy to just keep making loads and loads of money, especially if you're a guild player, um, and you quickly run out of things to spend it on. Um, and the game did need something, something big for Players to spend money on. My hope was that when base building arrives, um, that the components for base building would be a, would be purchasable rather than craftable, because I hate crafting games, um, and that that would be the late game credit sink. Um, but it appears that fleet carriers will perform the same function. Um, so that, I thought, was good. What I thought was bad was the fact that it was, um, I didn't, I'm not enamored with the idea of them being personal fleet carriers. Um, when, they, when they were squadron-based, well, you know, when they're proposed as being squadron based, I I kinda of felt like that, that fulfilled a useful function in the game because it gave squadrons more meaning. At the moment, squadrons give you a very, very small quality of life benefit in that they allow you to share um they allow you to share uh bookmarks with each other and um and check up on a on a BGS faction uh more easily. Um but there isn't much incentive to, to be part of a squadron apart from that. Um and um and they're they're inferior to Discord in nearly every other way. Um, the having this, the fleet carriers is something for squadrons to to aim towards and to give squadrons a, a unique benefit as opposed to an, another playstyle or, or not, you know flying alone or whatever it would have been a brilliant idea because um, because I feel like squadrons needed that. The problem with making them personal is that what Frontier have essentially done is raised the level cap in the game. Um, you know how MMOs they'll release. And the level cap's fifty, and then with each update they'll up the level cap until suddenly it's at like one hundred and fifty or whatever. I feel like this is basically that in terms of game progression. Um, at the moment, Corvette and Cutter are the uh, are the zenith of the progression um, sort of um, process or or, or road uh, uh, you know sort of um, road for players, and Fleet Carriers are basically just tacked on the end of that. Um, depending on how they price them um and i and i imagine that they'll probably be priced in the tens of billions um if they're desirable players will probably get them quite quickly um and therefore basically what it means is that the bubble is about to play host to a few million more megaships um i don't i don't think the game particularly needed more reminders that players are obscenely wealthy in law terms um and basically what it means is that players are now going to to all have fairly mobile essentially starships um not sorry starports um, sort of just littered around um, in, in terms of their functionality I at, at present Frontier have kind of ruled out most of the interesting things you can do with you could potentially do with them you know you, you, we can't destroy starports with them we can't have pitched battles between them um, we I, I very much doubt we'll be able to use them for trading um, because um, uh, well for obvious reasons um so that sort of leaves that sort of leaves them being dockable and um being slightly mobile um as being the only real features to them um which means that if that is the case then then they'll essentially be a sort of um they'll basically be like a home star port that players can buy um that they can jump somewhere if they want to for a given amount of grindonium. Um, that will essentially have a largely cosmetic or sort of vanity benefit. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that because, you know, you've got to spend credits on something. Um, but it does feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity compared to the kind of squadron um, benefits that they... The, the benefits of squadrons that they could have had as posited 12 months ago. Okay, those, Befo- those before before we let Shan off the leash,
0: um, can I just say that was a phenomenal... Uh, Piece of commentary without hesitation, repetition. <laughs> 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 so
1: <laughs> I, 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 listened, I listened to the show last week, and I uh, all I do is um and r. Ah, so I'm amazed. <laughs> okay, everyone, get ready. Shan, go. Oh, thanks very much. Um,
2: the single player, I'm very pleased with that actually, um, because one of my one of my fears with carriers were they would be squadron only, uh, and they would introduce an arbitrary player number before you could get them. And what that would give, is, if they had gone that way, you'd have either got people buying lots of accounts just to join a squadron, you know, to pass the, the, the bar of, of membership. Or what it would mean is if you wanted to start a squadron and recruit, you will be impossible for you to get a fleet carrier and therefore make yourself more attractive for people to join. So I'm, I'm glad they're single player, as Sue alluded to, the fact they are a credit sink or potential credit sink is good because we have, there's a lot of players that have an awful lot of cash and nothing to spend it on. So that's the real positive thing. Um, there's a few things about it though, is you only you, a player will only be able to own one carrier. So you can't like have a fleet of carriers, you can only own the one. Um, What we don't know, however, is whether you can reconfigure your one carrier to do lots of different things. Because in the information they gave, they talked about uh, exploration, combat, mining, all that sort of stuff. So the question is, is if if you buy an exploration carrier, can you then reconfigure it to the mining? carrier or a combat carrier and what about the designs? Are we, are we going to just have one design or are you going to have like an alliance carrier or empire or a federation and if you like the requirements to purchase them aren't just credits they are ranked within that particular faction. So there's all sorts of things we don't know how they work uh, at, the, at the moment and that's what I'm quite looking forward to seeing. Uh, for as to what they're going to be useful, well, it's difficult to say, like, like Kurgle said, uh, sorry, Sweeperin said, because they've got this 500 light year Heineken drive, you know, it reaches stars other so drives can't reach. And if you then have to refuel it, fill it for grindonium, then it's that process, biological thing, has to be quicker than you doing 500 light-years in an exploration ship. Otherwise, there's no point in taking one. Um, the, other, the other thought I had regarding the, um, the exploration side of it was it does allow you to reach, um, say, these out-of-the-way stars way more than we had to. But also, one of the things they said is the ships would be available to Horizons and non-Horizons owners. And that means the materials that they need to jump will not nest, will not be uniquely available on planets, because otherwise it wouldn't be horizon uh, non horizon zoned.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now there has been some speculation on the forums about this. Um, they they do wonder what kind of resource will be, will be used. Could it be possibly skimming from gas giants, which has been missing from the game, or whether or not it's a certain new material that you have to deep core mine for? But one of the ones which has been suggested, and I'm hoping personally for me, is that it will be powered by ARCs.
1: <laughs> Why do you want that?
0: No, I'm saying that I hope not. Oh, right, okay. right, this has been suggested by other people in the forums, and I'm hoping that Frontier don't do this. Now, the reason that some people have said, oh, it's going to be powered by ARCs, is because Frontier say that they're going to provide ARCs to everybody as per standard uh, for playing the game. But then you can top up ARCs by, obviously, uh, buying them. Now, it to me, it smacks too much of play-to-win and um, basically, some of the some of the functionality that Frontier have avoided playing, uh, you know, go avoided this route they'll be going down. But um, would you see that as a possible new revenue stream? I mean, they, they've said that you know you get Arcs for free, but you can top it up. You would get so much pushback
2: if it was powered by Arcs. It really would, and I, I I'm. Although i talked about a credit sink and um, things like that, I don't like the refueling mechanic um, because it's just busy work. It doesn't actually add gameplay. It's just hoops you have to jump through to do whatever it is you wanted to do. So obviously we don't know what the uh, process is going to be or how long it's going to take. But, and this, And this is the same with the supposed maintenance of mm. the carrier. Um, is it just strikes of busy work of adding stuff to do to get through the fun stuff? And
4: I would still can't... much prefer that, like a carrier was, you park it on a gas giant for five days while it refuels, than I have to futz about mm. manually spending eight hours collecting some material that's only useful for refueling it, or it's basically beached.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, that does smack a bit of No Man's Sky, doesn't it? Because there you need three different types of fuel to get anywhere. One kind of fuel to take off, one kind of fuel to fly between planets, and one kind of fuel to jump between systems. And I must admit that even though they've made improvements to the process, I'm still finding that a complete and utter pain in the the scrotum. (laughs) Um,
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, if they want it to be gated... By they don't just want people making 500 light like year jumps every day because you know everything will just get crushed in the galaxy super quick, then it's going to be a time gate, isn't it? It, it whereas if they just want to either scoop mm-hmm. income off players or force you into a play a gameplay loop,
2: then it will be a repetitive collect this material. Yeah. What or I don't want activity. to do what i don't want to do is if you because i think what's a dark age of camelot i think is the game that springs to mind where you could create your own player housing and you had your own little village and you could add to it however you had to pay a certain amount of in-game money every week or every month to maintain it so you always had to play to earn the money to pay your rent otherwise you lost your in-game house
4: that's exactly how Star Wars uh, MMO worked as well. You could yep. put all these buildings down and build a city, but you had to pay the upkeep on it. And that's just so
2: old school and horrible. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, well, to tell you the truth, though, it feels right. I mean, you've got this massive, massive um, fleet carrier, this unique
4: um, ship. If it's there as a cash sink, that would yeah. make... so I think I mean, that's to... how the
0: maintenance might be dealt with. I mean it surely it's not that difficult to go off and void void opal a couple of uh, couple of goes and and that's it you're you paid for the next couple of months but about yeah, how if you're exploring if you're exploring, it could be weeks or months or
2: even a year before you're there to earn any credits so you'll you'll buy your carrier and you'll think, oh, no, I'll go exploring and you're either locked into having to make the carrier jump with you, so presumably you could keep selling your expiration data or you face a prospect of the carrier being repossessed um, by the time you get back
0: well you see that's one thing obviously this is more information that they'll have to uh, they'll have to give us I mean uh, we were speculating they haven't said anything about um, the cost of a carrier or If it's to be maintained, the only thing they've said is that it needs to be refuelled by a unique component, uh, a unique commodity. As for the,
2: sorry, as for the price, my theory is is they'll model the price on how ships are, because an Anaconda is 147 ish million, mm -hmm. but by the time you've added on all the modules, you you can look north. You can look north of a billion credits particularly if it's a cutter or whatever instead. So the ship costs I expect to be comparatively small, say be a couple of billion. And I know it's small, but a couple of billion these days is you know, not long void over mining. So I, I think the purchase costs will be small, but I think by the time you've added on all the modules, particularly if you want a multi-purpose ship, you're looking at the tens of billions to be
0: able to do everything. Sovereign, you
1: got something to say on that one? Um, I don't I I the way I would approach something like fleet carriers is I'd be like, right, okay, these things are capital ships. They are there's you know, in all of video gaming, there can't be anything more end y than a capital spaceship. Let's make them expensive. And the way that you, the way you'd approach that is you'd be like, right, what is uh, ha- what percentage of players would we like to have these things? Um, probably 5 tops. So that they seem rare, one in twenty sounds about right. Um, okay, well, you know, how long does it take to earn X? Uh, and also, so, so, be, how, what percentage of players do you want to have them from the get-go? And how long do you want them? To, how long should it take to achieve them? Um, with void opals, you can quite easily earn tens of millions, or even hundred million an hour. Um, it's uh, therefore I would put them at something like twenty billion. Um, I don't. I, I feel like it would it's completely against the spirit of the game to suddenly make as to suddenly make most players um a few hours away from owning a capital ship. Um so that's the that's the cost thing, but I could be wrong. Um with regard to arcs, um I really don't think that they'll be powered by arcs. That's um Frontier have said repeatedly that arcs will only be used for cos- cosmetics. They've repeatedly said and it's one of the only things they've not gone back on is that um they will never sell uh, anything for real money that could ha- give you a gameplay advantage. Um I, I just can't see that happening. Um with regard to gas giants, if you were frontier and you were bringing out a um uh and you were thinking of a feature in which uh you were in- introducing capital ships which refueled by scooping off gas giants, given the given the amount of clamor from the community for um interactions with new types of planet, don't you think they'd have tried they'd have trailed gas giant interactions over fleet carriers the fact that we haven't heard anything about gas giants means that they're not it's not going to be refueled by um, by scooping stuff off gas giants it'll be it'll be some new some new thing that we have to get from space some new collectible um, they, they, I think probably one of the most enduring criticisms of frontier is that they don't um, they haven't necessarily always um, shown the greatest res- of respect for players time um, on the first implementation of these things. And um the first iteration of engineers was, was illustrative of that. Um I think I I, I very much think that the, that when front when the carriers first drop, um they'll be fuelable with some commodity that takes a lot of grinding. Um and they won't really be worth having because it'll be much easier to fly your ships five hundred light years than grind for this thing. Um and um and therefore the it'll it'll be mostly like a, a sort of vanity kind of cosmetic type reward okay Shen, do you want to jump in there
2: yeah i want to sort of um quiz Sue on a couple of points he made is that you're making the assumption that bigger and more expensive ships yeah. is gain progression And I would argue it's not game progression in its purest form. What it is, ships are tools, not game progression. They're enablers, they're not you know in the same way as credits aren't game progression, they're enablers. I don't
4: think the majority of players play with
2: that in mind
1: though. Or or make the game with that in mind. It's 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 demonstrably untrue. Well, you, can, you, can, you can engage with every single one of the game's systems with the smallest ships and the largest ships. What the largest ships allow you to do is do, do activities more effectively. They're enablers. There well, no, they don't, because they don't enable you to do anything that the sidewinder can't. An Anaconda does not unlock new areas of gameplay that a sidewinder prohibits. You, c- you can do anything in a sidewinder that you can do in an Anaconda. You can just do it better in the Anaconda, which fits into the logarithmic nature of the game. An Anaconda is hundreds of times the price of a smaller ship. Not because it's hundreds of times better, but that's just because how the game is structured. They I can't think the... it's more
2: to do with player perception than game reality. Player perception is, it's game progression, which I don't think is necessarily correct, because your view of game progression can be completely different to mine. So, for example, you're, you might think, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit Combat Elite, I'm going to be Exploration Elite, and that's how I measure my progression in the game where i could measure it on i don't know number of crewmen blown up or whatever it is so it's not like your ship is not a measure of your xp or your rank as you as you alluded to earlier it's not being like level 50 or level 80 or 90 it's not an increasing level it's another tool in the toolbox of the player
1: it doesn't it doesn't give you a tool a tool by nif by definition allows you to do something. The ships don't let you do things that other ships don't. They just do them better and therefore make it they just they just make everything else more achievable. You can you can increase your combat rank faster in a third lance than you can in a cobra. You can you can make credits faster in a python than you can in a Viper. The 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 ships are undeniably an aspect of progression, but they're not the only one, they're one of many.
0: Well, I'm going to to jump in here. I mean, uh, been comments on uh, from the chat room uh, about this particular this subject. Um, Jonathan Teatime has observed that player-owned stations and Eve use a similar mechanic, i.e., you grind the fuel constantly, or they go offline. Um, Snowy Monk has said that how about the base fleet carrier is a one-off purchase which doesn't cost you anything for upkeep but the modules that you can buy for it do so if you don't pay for the upkeep you lose the modules um, maybe they're a long-term engineering project uh, suggest BitStorm A bit like shipbuilding with multiple shipyards, like we do in the UK. Uh, And Commander Miggles says that Frontier have already said the carrier fuel will be able to be extracted from space, but also purchased. Now that's new for me. I didn't think you could purchase it.
1: I haven't haven't, Um, haven't seen that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I I would like to know what your source is for that, Miggles, because um, that makes it sound like
4: um, Seif was saying originally late
1: game cow credit eater that would be if that was the case it'd be brilliant actually i totally agree well buying the buying the fuelers
0: instead yeah. of just grinding it but how can yeah, you if, use that as an exploration ship if you had could only buy
1: your fuel save up for you, it
0: no 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 you, you can buy your fuel and you can grind for the fuel i mean yeah. obviously if you're flying around the bubble then it is fine if you're trying to get out to colonia well it's a bit more difficult you have to grind if you're going exploring even, even,
4: yeah. Maybe that's
0: when you take the
4: cargo module and fill it with seven hundred thousand units of whatever the fuel is.
0: <laughs> or, so, I mean, the, I mean, we want to come on to this, but um, we'll stop the the argument there. about the the refueling, because the, there's a whole load of other things that uh, we've we. Uh, would like to cover as, as far as this is concerned. I mean, first of all, uh, there seems to be sort of modules that you can buy for your fleet carrier. Um, and also, um, each fleet carrier you can then design uh, to have a different function. Um,
4: I want to know why the, bar, why the bar module is missing, because we can just have... <laughs> Giant you have a bar, a bar capital ship. Be <laughs> amazing.
0: You just want the ultimate booze cruise, don't you? That's right. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. I mean, in, it literally in, could be a tourist uh, ship. Let us have a tourist capital ship. I want yeah. ten thousand passengers. We're going to go to the uh, middle of the Milky Way,
2: <laughs> and and then you'd fly it through an ice ring, and it'd hit one, and then. <laughs> um, so I, it's just a quick question. I think probably Colin was going to come on this anyway. It was so. If you if you had a fleet carrier, you personally, <laughs> forget about the cost, all right, what would you use it for based on what we know already?
0: Well, yeah. Good well, personally, um, <laughs> I would want to use it for the one thing that wasn't mentioned, which was an anti-Xeno uh, platform. So, basically, true, yeah. when I want to uh, say I'm out here in the Witch Head Nebula, I wouldn't mind having more than just my anti-Xeno crate. I'd like my my t10 out here as well and and all the stuff that goes with it whether or not that's handled by bounty hunting or mercenary um because they've they've specified um quite a lot of uh, eight different rules for it and of course mercenary and and bounty hunter is, are, are two of them
4: so I, think- I don't know whether
0: it'll be covered by that
4: I think the main feature I want from it, we're going to get with the stock. I mean, let's just assume it's affordable to run and make jumps with. The problem I have is I want to travel, like, even in the bubble, 400 light years over there, but I don't just want to do one thing when I get there. I want to pool around in my Explorer and maybe collect some engineering materials. I want to do a few combat missions to break up the boredom. So, like, the big thing I'm going to get from it is... Being able to just move a half a dozen ships to one place and have a ship for doing different things.
1: Yeah, to- totally agree with that. It's a really good point. At the mo- at the moment, um, having lots of ships and moving your home base is uh, is non trivial. Um, and uh, if if fleet carriers basically, if fleet carriers could f- could serve a purpose as a player's home um, and make a, uh, and introduce a couple of quality of life in- improvements, like making it easier to move your entire fleet and relocate um it would be completely brilliant. Um there's also uh, my, some, my sort of thoughts on fleet carriers earlier were based on just what we know. Um I am really hopeful that what we learn in the next few months about the the different ways that you can use fleet carriers and the different ways you can outfit them and um and the these mysterious mysterious modules. I am really hopeful that they um that they actually unlock exciting new features, new things to do. Um, in which case I would be much, much more pro fleet carriers. Yeah. I mean, the, um,
0: uh, the trip, the, uh, rules that they've, they've said has been trade, which, um, first of all makes me think, hang on a second, does this mean that you can store commodities on your fleet carrier as well as your, you know, mm. uh, as well as on your ship? um, Bounty hunting. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. Um, exploration, search and rescue, uh, piracy. Could that be used as, a, as some kind of griefer base, for instance? You know. Yeah. Um, miner, mercenary, and smuggler. Now there has been um, a suggestion that each of these roles mean that the appropriate station function will appear on your. Um, Appear in your fleet carrier. So if you're bounty hunting, you would suddenly just get the the contact and the option to actually cash in bounties. Same for exploration. You'd have the car, um, uh, the place where you hand in your exploration data
1: on your uh, on mm. your fleet carrier. Um, so there'd be a commodities market for trade. You're suggesting.
0: Well, yeah, but
1: the ah. main.
0: Nah. Yes, and, and, and I know Shan would like to talk about this.
2: Well, I was, I was just thinking about the um, purposes of ship, and Sue did mention about moving your fleet around. And in my stingy in-game mindset, is says that, well, let's say the total cost of a carry is, I don't know, 10 billion. Well, 10 billion is an awful lot of ship transfers to go from where I want to be to where I want to go. So if it's just moving stuff around, ha- how is it more efficient than, you know, paying for ship transfer? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's it all depends. Well, it may be cooler, but this is back to the question of how long will it take to refuel them and what's the movement rules? Because if it only takes 10 minutes to move your fleet from one place to the other, great. It's, there's a convenience cost in that and benefit to having a carrier if you can only move it twice a day and it's going to take you two hours to refuel it then mm. you may as well jump out there and summon the ship you want and never actually use the uh, you know the, the carrier so that's kind of my thinking around that as far as trade and i know Sue and i agree on this that's an enormous um issue there for bgs people and and also if it's a minor because if you could fill your carrier full of the ten thousand tons of void opals, for example, and then you just dump them on the market in one go, that's cool. a huge that's a huge yeah. amount of that's a huge influence on the BGS. So I'm not even sure you will be able to store commodities. And it does remind me of one one late con um, a couple of years ago when we talked about module storage. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they were against with module storage was storing
1: cargo. Yes, along well, car- yeah. yeah, they've ruled it out we, several times. I think
4: we know you can't do that anyway, right? You can't park up a ship with cargo and then swap to another ship. Mm. So it's not like you're going to get all of your bays full of ships full of cargo. It's only if they're going to put a facility in the actual carrier to hold cargo that it's going to be weird.
0: I mean they one thing that they had, they did show off was basically these support ships that um supposed to fly next to your uh,
1: carrier if you if you're doing a certain I mean what do you just think get, to that idea? Can I just query on that? I I wasn't um I didn't see any video footage and I, d- I didn't hear anything. I I just read the forum stuff. Um, the, the these support ships. There's no chance that we've misunderstood Frontier and that the support ships are the carriers, is there?
0: No, no, because you have the you you've, you've got the fleet carrier, mm. and um, if you're doing a certain role, then a particular ship will appear next to it, and it will jump with the fleet carrier.
1: Wow. Okay. Interesting.
0: Uh, so we saw we saw three of them. We saw this fantastic 2001 type explorer vessel. Um, with a, with a big um, gravity ring in it, uh, we ha- we saw the miner and we saw the mercenary vessel or support vessels. Now I don't know whether or not we get the same kind of vessels for multiple roles. Say bounding, hunting, mercenary, and smuggler get the same role, the uh, same uh, sorry, the same support ship, or or what? Well, I don't know if there's going to be a
1: separate support ship for each role. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I didn't realise that. It sort of reminds me of No Man's Sky. Um, it sounds like I've got No Man's Sky on the brain, but I don't. It's um, the, the 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 way that fleet car- well, the way that the capital ships work in No Man's Sky is that you get a, um, a, a they call it a freighter, but it's, a, it's just a capital ship, and um, you can recruit frigates, which are smaller but still very large ships, and you can you can send them off on missions, um, and they'll go off and earn you things like money or um, other commodities. Um, you can send them from different types of missions. And essentially, in, mechan- in me- mechanically, they disappear from the game and then they reappear after an interval um, with re- a reward. And they say, congratulations, our mission was a success. We've earned X, Y, and Z. I wonder whether the, you know, the parallels in terms of, here you go, earn a, own a huge ship and here are some smaller support ships. Like the, the parallels are there. I wonder whether the implementation will be similar.
2: Hmm. I think we're giving Frontier too much credit to the of how these things are going to be used and what they can do, um, because I, th- I think they are going to be just a fancy form of carting a ship around. It's, it's like hiring your own car transporter, I guess, and that I think is what they'll what they'll be used for. I, well, I, I, I think we...
1: it's difficult to it's difficult to reconcile that view with the with the fact that there will be these support ships alongside. Unless they are literally cosmetic. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: could it but be?
2: if you carry your ship, me? though, the thing is, though, sorry for jumping in, the thing is, though, if, if they can carry a, a, a if they've got like, a large landing pads, for example, or medium ones, if they can carry a Crate Phantom, mm-hmm. why do you need, why do you then need an
0: exploration carrier? Well, perhaps the the exploration support ship actually goes off and gets the fuel for you, and it will come back in a a faster time than… Maybe
4: an exploration carrier will register your discoveries without you having to return
1: to a station that would also be very, very useful. You could also dispatch them. If you jump into a system and do the full spectrum scanner gubbins, you could also dispatch the um, one of the support ships to go and do the um, the probe scanning on a planet for you. Um, Ventura says in chat, um, where do you collect the fleet carriers from? Um, because they're too big for a station, which is Amazon. a good point. Amazon Amazon Prime.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um,
0: I guess this is one of the the questions that I've I've got to ask. I mean are you going to be able to have more than one role at once? I'm going to they say that these 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 um additions are modular so uh I'm assuming that we'll be able to swap them out. Maybe you'll have so many slots and you know you can have so you can three have things a, maybe three but yeah how many roles can do you think your fleet carrier could do? I've got Mm. a sneak suspicion it'll just be the one.
1: Yeah, I I suspect. The the phrasing of the teaser was very much choose your role, outfit accordingly. Um, That doesn't prohibit the idea of multi-role, but it does suggest that Frontier have specialization in mind. Mm -hmm. I think you will
2: store modules. I think you'll have your carrier. and And this is where I think the idea of them costing tens of billions comes in because you might be able to afford... A basic fleet carrier, and it'll be like buying a BMW or a Mercedes. You'll have your, you'll have your basic level, and then you have your options. You can then just pile on top, and then so the ultimate would be, and you talk about having something to aspire to. Well, uh, you, if you, early days, you may have I don't know three or four billion. That only gets you a basic, say, combat carrier. Hmm. Are, but then you then build on that carrier by getting modules that either make it more effective at transporting stuff around or whatever. You can see how they could build it if the carrier could store modules and become dynamically reconfigurable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I mean, the um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was that um, they say that uh, you you can set the carrier to private dock or to allow other people to dock. Now, do you feel that um, there needs to be more options than that? I want to charge
2: docking fees. I, I actually no. <laughs> I want I want my ship. I want my ship to be
1: free to dock, but you have to pay ten million credits to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd, I'd be very surprised if the um, uh, if it wasn't um, if, the, if, it, if the control over docking uh, permissions wasn't more granular than that. I'd be very surprised if it didn't have options for. Uh, nobody wing squadron everyone at least. Mm, I was just thinking friends
0: squadron and everyone.
1: Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be su- yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if Frontier didn't present it as a binary thing. They presented it as set your set your docking preferences or whatever, which indicates that it will be more nuanced. Stop. One thing that is interesting, sorry, I, I ain't jumping in. Um, one thing that is interesting, they said
2: it would be one instant, one carrier per instance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what will that do to server load in certain systems like Shinrata, for example? And I just not I just kind of that whole thing puzzles me a bit because presumably you'd have to wing up with people to get them into your instance to join your character. Because otherwise, there's no guarantee they would be in the same instance as you. That's true. To see your character. Mm.
1: Well, depending and on the, the other. Go on. yeah go on, Okay. Well, depending on the way that the the fueling jumping is implemented, and the, and the way it, the way that it was phrased was, you can schedule a jump, not you can jump. Um, mm-hmm. Is that they sound like they're going to be a bit more like a space station and a bit less like a spaceship? Um, scheduling jumps implies that it will be not necessarily servitic, but like there might be a countdown or something that prohibits a dynamic thing like, oh, well, I'll just pop over there and see my mate with it. I, I think that the way, in terms of gameplay and, and perception, I think that the way Frontier will do it is that they, they will be mobile, but they will be more as a sort of mobile base of operation. So you might say, right, okay, well, there's, a, there's a, an interstellar initiative going on in the Pleiades this month. I'll move my carrier there for a few weeks, rather than Ah oh, my mates are, are Thargoid hunting over there. I'm going to pop to that system this evening i don't i don't I don't think that it will be implemented like that i think I think it'll be i think we'll be disincentived disincentivized from moving them around that quickly and maybe it won't even be possible. So I suspect that we won't the question of like oh can't we have them in the same instance won't really come up because that it'll be more like where do I feel like being based for the the next while rather than what am I going to do right now yeah.
0: Um, well, yeah, I mean, one thing that
1: um, I, I was going to touch on
0: is, I mean, do you think there'll be a restriction on how often you can do- uh, jump? W- will they only allow one jump per day?
1: Well, the, the, the word scheduling does imply that, doesn't it? I mean, also we- think
0: the only other like
4: long-range jump ships we've seen in the game before had a pretty rigid schedule, didn't they? Yeah, me- megaships mega yeah. move with so, the setup. Like Maybe it's not going to be as as bad as a mega ship, but I definitely think they will put some form of time
0: gating on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, going back to the, the instancing thing, um, people have said, uh, they've, they've already said they cannot be destroyed. So, obviously, I think that's a bit of a relief um, because can you just imagine what the salt would be if, you know, your personal... <laughs> Fleet was <carriers laughs> wiped out by griefers. it's bad enough when you'd
1: never on see one in open right exactly that's the other question the persistence thing um having a spaceship that disappears when you log out of the game is one thing but having having a structure which you've which you've potentially set as dockable for anybody disappear when you log out of the game is is a completely different matter i'd be i'd be very surprised i think, surprised if I they think they'll be persistent yeah exactly well i think they'll be persistent as long as there's
4: someone in the instance i don't mean that. i think whether you're in the game or not because i could put you on the docking list for my ship right and then i could log out yeah well what if you're docked on it when i log out it's not going to evaporate
2: yeah no, but I'm in the instance, so therefore it will be okay to dock at. If, if, if I park my carrier at, I don't know, lave, and none of us are in lathe, this is why I think it will be like a ween mechanic, is you have to get into an instance with my carrier in there. So I'm go- you're going to need to have a mechanic that gets you into my instance. And if there's 300 carriers at LAVE, Then, how are you going to choose which one's which? It's going to be a huge long scroll list if I want that instance. It's going to have to be done.
4: You're docked on my carrier and I log out, right? And then you log out. And tomorrow
2: you log back
4: in and I haven't logged back in.
2: But I'm i'm on I'm, I'm in your carrier, so therefore it creates the instance, especially for
1: me. I see what you mean yeah so you you think that the carriers will be will be loaded back into the game as long as somebody who's docked at it is playing. yeah,
2: it's like theres falls in the middle of the of the woods does it make a sound kind of thing That's <laughs> kind of I think
4: they're more likely to just say if you're on the permissions list for it, then it's in an instance than they are to make it need a specific like any. Do you and your mates keep your friend's carrier persistent by making sure one of you has always docked it? Mm. You know, that seems I mean, exploitable more so than just if anyone on the, you know, I added eight people on the ship permissions. So one of them logs in, jumps into the system, the carrier is docked at, and there it is on their list
2: of, you know, POIs and system. But what happens if, like us, we're all multiple parts of multiple private groups with friends lists in the hundreds, if not, are we going to get a huge list of carriers that we can dock to, and it's going to take us forever to scroll down the list to dock at Lake Station, because there's so many darn carriers in the way. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe. you want to take yourself off the 50
4: (laughs) carriers you've got permissions on, if that's...
1: I mean, um, there were there are already lots of when I go through the navigation panel. There are all there are already in these systems tens of of objects of interest. It, it wouldn't, you know, it's unlikely that there'd be more than a hundred in a system. For example, I mean, the most players there ever are in a particular is I don't know, ten or twenty. Um, so adding ten or twenty more things to the navigation panel that you could supercruise to and drop out at isn't game breaking. And you could, and it, the the navigation panel already has filter options, so you could filter them out. Yeah, I mean, it does bring up the
0: the question of um okay, they can't be destroyed, but can they be driven
1: off? Hmm. Yeah, I I I think they can probably be driven off with the 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 heat le- the heat re- yeah heat relay mechanic for mega sh- uh, for capital ships works quite well, I think. It get I did it with a friend the other day and it it does give you a they sense of fun, are not they? Yeah, really fun. Really really fun. I think it would be fun if they implement that. I mean, the fact that the game doesn't prohibit PvP in any way. It would be surprising if you couldn't aggro a fleet carrier to some degree. Mm.
0: Yeah, but then again, it goes back to the instancing thing. I mean, obviously, if, if someone, if Shan has said, right, I want my carrier in open or available to everybody, then whenever you jump in, you, there, there might be a problem where you've got, um a lot of carriers to choose from in the system i mean how you, uh, you might have access to drive one of them off but you know the yeah there, there does seem to be an issue or, or a concern of what's going to be in your contact list unless of course they put a filter on it where basically it shows the um uh, the the navigation as it is, and then you've got a new tab which
1: shows carriers. Yeah, it could be. I I don't. I, it, it, that seems a bit backward, really. It seems like separating carriers from the rest of the game slightly. I, I, I think the ideal implementation would be have them have them on the navigation panel. I mean, to be honest, we're we're kind of injecting a problem where there isn't one. Like we all, we already have a situation in which players cannot affect space stations in any way. Um, they don't have shields. Uh, but you still, even if you ran them at full speed in a cutter, you still can't dent them. Um, there's no way, you know, it, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, da- it wouldn't affect the game very much if fleet carriers are implemented, and there was absolutely no way to do them any harm at all.
0: Hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, Commander Ventura and Chat has just asked, how would the carrier move around the game? If you aren't there, would you have to log into the game to make sure that your ship is ready to jump? Well, um, it I seemed think... to suggest we could schedule a
4: jump, right? So I think yeah. you just plot the course in, and off it will go on the relevant
0: yeah. time. Yeah, I think yeah. as long as, of course, it's been fueled.
4: But that also yeah.
0: makes me think
4: persistent, right? Because if it's making a jump when I'm not in the game, then there's got to be something to jump.
1: Well, well it, it not... doesn't necessarily need to be in the game. Um, it could it could reappear in where it was scheduled to jump to taking that's everybody true. with it. Yeah, that's true. yeah. I mean that that already happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens on the on the Genosis and uh, or the Gnosis yeah. rather and you know, any of the How many times that you with?
4: do you think someone will cajole a whole carrier's worth of noobs inside winders onto their ship and then jump them out into an unreachable place? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys want to check my
2: carrier out when they're in? <laughs> 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 Haha. Nice.
0: <No. laughs> Well, this is another thing that I I, I did uh, want to bring up, was that how many people can dock to your carrier. Because it has four large pads, four medium pads, four small pads, as we've already said. Now, when you dock one, a ship to a pad, is that, it, is that pad used up and no one else can use it? Mm, I doubt it. I, oh, I mean, only if they sat on it. That would be a big change
1: in how docking works.
0: Yeah, but um, surely they'd want to restrict the number of ships that you can fly about in the, one of these carriers. I mean, some some people like Shan, for instance, have got a massive full-on attack fleet that you could just basically load up in one,
1: in one carrier. Surely yeah, they would be a restriction on that. Yeah, why? You can only you fly, fly on with, Yeah. I don't see why <laughs> they would need the a restriction on that. You can only fly one at once.
2: Well, that's the other question, isn't it? It's because people wanted them to be pilotable. And I don't think they will be. I, I'm not even sure we'll get to see a bridge. We might even just see a menu screen.
4: Um, I think, yeah, they're going to effectively work like um, stations do, I think. Yeah. I think you'll get a UI when you dock up on them, and that's as much as you.
1: I don't have a source, but I'm pretty sure that they've said that. I'm pretty sure that Frontier have said that you won't be able to pilot them directly.
0: Mm, I've, I've seen it uh, I've seen it in several posts on, on Reddit that you won't have
1: a bridge to access. Yeah. Um. This conversation is interesting. Actually, I'm, a bit heart- I'm quite heartened by this. When, when it was first announced, I remember thinking, "Oh, great! All they've done is increase the level cap and given us something new to grind for, um, last thing the game needs." Um, but actually, the idea that um, the idea that you can that there are modules that you know you, you can configure it with for um, it, with meaningful choices to do different things, um, and the idea that it, you can deploy these extra support ships, which, if nothing else, will introduce a bit more color into the game, like it. There's the potential here for this to be um, for this to be quite exciting, um, and we many players already have a concept of a home system and a home station, um, and that's something that we've kind of jerry-rigged into the game. The game is not really designed for us to have a home station. You know, there's no there's no way for you to implement that apart from parking all your ships there. Um, and the idea that Frontier have noticed that and and built a feature for it is um, is a good thing, I think. One thing I did did occur to me. Um
2: about the carriers at the moment, there are stations you can go to that gives you discount off, off of RRP. Mm. So you go to Leong Yu and you get 15% off RRP. You go to Shinran, you get 10% off RRP. I'm just wondering if it's going to be similar mechanics to that, where you, you get a discount depending on where you go. And that, to, that leads you back to the Amazon Prime quip. It's just that, like, would you have to like order one? And then they'll say, your carry will be delivered to this system in however long so basically you order it from space amazon
0: and it turns up yeah i right. think so. I bet i'm that. going to have to interrupt you here because we have been updated by the uh by the chat room and alerted that uh, they've answered some of these questions on the forums Um, We've got a post from uh, Stephen Benedetti uh, at five past five, which obviously I missed because I was cycling home. Uh, So um, here are some of the, the questions they've asked us of, will fleet carriers jump on the Thursday server tick? And they're not restricted to the server tick in order to jump. Can you clarify what the unique resources are? It says it'll be a new commodity which could be mined or bought from certain starports. And they'll be giving more details of that in the future. Fleet carriers will not be purchasable with ARCs. Yes. Uh, And by the very nature of the unique resources, I don't think ARCs is something that can be mined or bought from certain spaceports. Um, Can you customize the carriers? Yes, fleet carriers can be customized. It's something they're looking forward to, uh, looking in the live streams closer. That's what you'll be using your arcs for. Yeah. Um, Can squadron members contribute to the cost? The cost of a fleet carrier will come from the single commander who owns the carrier. Squadron members will not be able to contribute. Is the fleet carrier restricted to the bubble? Fleet carriers can be purchased from certain systems and can travel outside of human space, provided they have the fuel. Um, Where can I buy fleet carriers? Again, certain systems. They'll be looking at that at a deeper dive. Um, Do fleet carriers work in solo? Fleet carriers work and operate in all game modes, so open solo and private groups. Are fleet carriers destructible and can they defend themselves? Fleet carriers are not destructible, but they can defend themselves and other nearby ships. Now, that's interesting. Mm. Do loadouts have a, par- a practical effect in game? Um, they'll be delving deeper into loadouts and support vessels and later live streams. So can you sell fleet carriers? Fleet carriers can be scrapped. However, it will be for fewer credits than the or- originally purchased. So you can get rid of a fleet carrier. Mm. That's interesting. Um, can you change the type of fleet carrier you have? The type of fleet carrier you have is determined by the support vessel assigned to it, which in turn determines its loadout. As mentioned above, this is something we'll be talking about in a future stream. Now that's interesting, because that says to me that you don't actually put modules on your fleet carrier, it's you call in the
1: support ship. Hmm, yeah. It's a bit like some MMOs, where your role is determined by where your gear is.
0: Mm,
2: yeah. And, I want one of those ships with a dome on top, like in Battlestar Galactica, you
0: know, you have your, your ragtag fleet, I mean, <laughs> and um, can fleet carriers jump into permit lock systems? And they went no. Fleet carriers. Some people ask incredibly stupid <laughs> questions. Don't they? I, I know that feels like a wasted question, doesn't it? <laughs> I just
2: say yes, they can't jump out again. I feel, I feel like we may,
4: may be seeing a new mission terminal mission, which is I've got three anacondas, a python, and a Type Nine that needs moving to Alpha Centauri. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> We know so, the payout yeah. for those missions is terrible.
0: So, just uh, quickly, we have to thank. Um, I'll just look through the chat room to see who who um, put this up for us. Yeah, Bitstorm and whoever have both um, highlighted the the uh, the forum thread. And I, We do apologise for missing that, but as I said, we're, we're cycling home. <laughs> There's a great uh, set of
4: stats that Commander Numa in that thread also pulled out of uh, the Anara database showing how what percentage of players in the game have what amount of credits. So 82% of commanders in game have less than a billion credits. 18% have more than 1 billion credits. 7% have more than 2 billion credits. 2% have more than 5 billion credits and then you're into the less than the percentage for over 10 and over 20 billion.
2: The thing is though, that's only player that's only people who have registered on Alara. That's not
1: the amount from the database is it yeah and the Inara bias is probably in favour of more serious players so probably it's a lower percentage even
4: than that, that yeah. Go, but yeah
1: well yeah. there you go less than less than 0.2% wow <laughs> I'm in the top 7% of players it's not bad considering I've been playing since launch
0: <laughs> and we'd also like to thank Andy Pipkin who originally came up with the uh, originally came up with a link according to whoever so, yeah. And people are saying that Shan is on top. Is, is that right? Um, Shan got the most money? <laughs> probably. Not. I'm sure that's not true.
1: Modesty. <laughs> so,
2: so modest. No, no, I'm, I'm, positive, I'm positive there are players with more cash in the game than I am. Than How I much have. money have you got in-game? Don't go on the um, banks, follow me now. Not, no, no, I'd rather not say, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Seriously? It's a video game.
2: <laughs> what, what, what I will say is my total amount for paying my npc crew is 19 and a half billion 19
1: and a half billion I've paid my npc crew yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow what do you do all day do you literally just void open mine all day I've th- I've played since launch
0: <laughs> I've played since launch but
2: I don't so know it, yeah. that
1: much <laughs> that's crazy that's I hate to
0: think, I th- hate to think about your playing time, Shan. I really do. Well, the
2: thing is, my my, my view of it was was that like credits are so I, I can't demonstrate how meaningless credits are unless I have a stupid amount of NPC crew payment. You know, I could I could have sacked the wages ago, but you don't have people gold plate their Lamborghinis and stuff just because they can. I just pay the crew because I can,
0: just to, you know. <laughs> Paul Archer has commented that you have more than the bank of Zeons. <laughs> it's a bit of a worry that I'm not anyway suffice to say I hope I can afford a fleet carrier Prince on Chan. yes well uh, basically if you could afford the if you can't
1: afford the fleet carrier I think we're all in trouble um here's a question. What do we think? Uh, and feel free to move me on, um, Colin. If you think we've dwelt on this enough, I'm interested in what people think the risks are in terms of carrier implementation. The uh, risks? Well, yeah. I, I said I, I said earlier that you know one one of the risks is that suddenly you've changed the nature of the game because everyone's a baller and we're all flying around in in, in capital ships, which strips away the you and your rust bucket versus the galaxy mentality of elite. Um, that's potentially a risk um arguably you know what, what other what other what other potentially poor implementations could we see that would change the game for the worse if any well good
0: grief i mean um well, at the moment i can't really think of uh of the top of my head maybe that um a piracy uh a, a piracy fleet carrier will become a base for griefers so yeah. you know the yeah, sdc turn up in uh and basically, their fleet carrier, and then um, in one system, but so how would that apart. work if the instancing? They'd have to,
2: they'd have to respawn, and reinstance to
1: see anyone, wouldn't they? No idea. Is it, is mm. it, it's a, it's re- it's a, it's a, it's a good point. The um, we don't yet know how the um the combat implementation will work they've said that th- th- there will be modules that support certain activities support generally means make better at so you know if it's something so we can assume that the the combat variant the mercenary variant or whatever will will be will make you more effective at combat um it's an interesting question as to whether super rich players will now have a a big advantage when it comes to to combat because that might make life that that, that could potentially give people an advantage to screw with other players i don't know
0: yeah. Well, I mean that's this is one of the problems that we've got, is because nobody predicted that um the edge cases when passenger missions came in. And of course passenger missions was basically the big money maker before um Void Opals came around. Mm. And the difference is is that Void Opal's I felt has been planned where passenger missions have not. Well, not if did you see what I mean. Do you think yeah. void opals are going to be the fuel for fleet
1: carriers? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be brilliant. That'd be really smart. And it's true, you can buy them from some stations, and they are mineable. Well, if they don't make it
4: void opals, whatever it is, is going to be the most expensive thing, right? So maybe it will
1: be void opals. I, I can think of worse ideas. <laughs> I genuinely, I, I genuinely don't think that's the worst. That's the worst way to to implement met- met fueling them. metal alloys.
0: <laughs> no. yeah, oh god, Meta Islands. No, well, they do say it's a new commodity. That's true. Yeah, so whether or not that's. Perfect void opals for 3 million <laughs> <laughs> Or
5: yeah.
0: Or get this. Refined into There you go. Oh, yes. So, so basically, you have to have a new uh, module on your mining ship to refine the void opals into fuel.
2: Along with a new lint pit and a collector as well. <laughs> no, no, you won't need a new limpet. You just use the same collector limpet. Now you're not thinking like Frontier. Frontier wanted a new limpet and a new collector for everything.
1: <laughs> that oh <was> <laughs> my said, "Racks to avoid opals." <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what, one one thing I was really worried about is as soon as they said new thing that, that they'll be fueled by a new thing. I just thought, oh, bloody hell, this is all we need—another sodding currency that we've got to grind for. Great more more useless MMO gameplay. Um, the fact that they've said that you can buy them is really heartening to me. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, first of all, someone's uh, suggested Querium drives, which for those of you who are into your elite lore, Querium drives were the, the drives in the original game that people lost the, the fuel uh, formula for, um, which always gave you seven light years jump no matter what. But, Kurov 088, how about the tears of those ganked by Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you said that, Karn. I thinking back to the
2: Galner article about um, Palin inventing some sort of new drive, mm-hmm. which, allows, which allows smaller ships than capital ships to jump in the same way. So, you know, it could be... Um, that could be the drive they use. And Hmm. that would also then open it up for a new commodity. But that's the point. It would have to be available everywhere because otherwise you would use your fuel to jump to where you had to buy the fuel. Unless the quantities were so small, you could haul them across using conventional-sized ships, if you see where I'm coming from.
1: The fact that you can get them from space and the fact that you can mine them and buy them um, pro- it sort of eradicates any problem about, um, you know, what am I going to do if I'm exploring and far from the bubble and all that sort of thing, I think. Mm.
0: So um, <laughs> have we have we managed to exhaust the, uh, <laughs> the fleet carriers for the moment until we get some automation? Uh, hold, hold on.
2: Gonna, I, I just want to check my, my notes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, God, he's uh, organized. He's got notes. In my one head.
1: of the uh, questions
4: I have is, does anyone think it's a shame that you can't
1: buy them as a squadron activity? Um, no, I, 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 I originally, I one of the one of the things that I thought was a shame was that they weren't squadron-specific, just because, just because I feel like squadrons need something. Squadrons need some kind of group Work, you know, group asset that you can work towards that gives squadrons more purpose. Well, um, I'm also
4: thinking like twenty players working together are much more likely to maintain and run a fleet carrier than twenty commanders running twenty separate. Yeah, the yeah. issues you've
2: got with that though is you have then got the the gunfight who moves it. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and all all that sort of gunfight. What I think. Well, why they will help squadrons is if you're in a squadron, you'll automatically get permission to dock at one of your squadron's fleet carriers. So let's say, so let's say you've got a hundred members of your squadron and fifty of them have got fifty carriers. The sphere of influence of your squadron can be in fifty different systems, and it then becomes a lot easier to move stuff around as a squadron because you automatically got docking permission whatever each one of those fifty
1: carrier. Mm. Yeah. I guess, I guess to answer your, your question, Kurt, I, I don't, I did, I did think it was a shame that they weren't um, for the squadrons, but in light of today's chat, I don't think it's, I think potentially it's going to be good anyway. I would, I would like to see some kind of unique benefit for squadrons in the future though. Yeah. I um, mean,
0: one thing that I would like to raise, um, I think that these things would be ideal as kind of hubs or nexus hubs for multi players to meet up on so when you do have your space legs the first point of call is would would be your fleet carrier and you could all walk around meet up in the bar and and that kind of thing yeah sounds good. give it me tomorrow i'll pay extra <laughs> <laughs> i mean they've got that idea from the the, the new Nexus stuff that's that's coming with no mans sky mm. that, that was an eye-opener
1: yeah it's a good feature that
0: so yeah um, so for the moment um, I think we'll will leave the fleet carrier discussion until um, uh, another time um, and, and until we got more information but I, I do believe just quickly going around the list um, Google, do you think it's a good thing, bad thing?
4: Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic based on the running costs and whether it's going to be something the top 0.2% get access to or if it's something that, you know, a relatively dedicated player that's invested in the game can. Because like, I really think if it's just like the top 10% of commanders, it's going to be a bit like, what, a wasted amount of development time. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think cautiously optimistic is my answer.
2: Okay, Shan. Um, yeah, it's bad. My my nightmare scenario would have been they're not solo purchasable, and you have to have a hundred members of a squadron to buy one. That would have been that would have been bad. I do kind of disagree slightly with the ten percent comment. I mean, I'm, and I'm not just speaking because i probably am one of the ten percent, but simply because there's no one saying you have to buy a fleet carrier on the 1st of December or whenever they come out.
1: That's true.
4: Uh, I'm not saying that there is. What I'm saying is if you're going to spend six months of an MMO's development time on a feature, surely you're better off spending it on a feature that 80% of the player base can use than one that 8% of the player base can use. Yeah,
2: but you can still use them. You could use my fleet carrier. Now, I'm not saying you can dock afterwards, but you know you could you can use it. <laughs> uh, you know, you know it's it, it, they're not an exclusive item. If they'd have said one commander can own a fleet carrier and no one else can use them, then I, I would be more concerned. But the fact is that you can share use of a fleet carrier between your squadron or your friends or whoever makes it more of a public thing. I think. Uh,
1: okay, sovereign. Yes, no, maybe. Yes, I reckon cautiously. cautiously yes, there's re- there's room for error and there's room for it to be implemented poorly. Um, but yeah, cautiously, I think I think pretty good. I think the balance probably lies somewhere between what kogel's just said and what Shans just said. They they need to be they need to be priced and available accordingly for some su- uh, appropriately for something which is s- the size of a space station and and um, about as endgamey as you get. But if they're going to develop it and if it's got Um, if it's got uh, new features and it doesn't need to be achievable within a reasonable amount of playing. Um, So, yeah, cautiously optimistic. Okay. Um, I don't know if Cal's
0: with us on this one or whether or not you would like to comment on...
3: I've just seen a a, a really awesome post pointing out that the rescue possibilities for the likes of Fuel Rats are awesome with these that they could jump in and then take you out of a, a spot... And that's quite cool. It's like a, an AA service. You know, the AA rats. The... Anyway, um, from my point of view, I'm not sure what us poor lazy buggers are going to do, but um, I have no idea. I really, I, It's not something that makes me think, oh, I can't wait till they come out and I'll try and get one. If it's not got a cow skin, I don't give a shite.
0: Okay, there you go. That that is, I think that's cow's attitude to everything. Damn, just life in general, not just a <laughs> yeah I, although I must admit I did get you into ice skating.
3: Oh it's a video of cow ice skating. Oh dear. And then he sent me something showing me that you know the youngest child in a in a family is an arse uh, which I passed on to my sister who's my younger sister so that she can enjoy the truth of that message. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can tell that both me and my wife are the oldest in our in our respective families. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, the um, uh, personally, um, I think it's it's going to be um, interesting. I'm definitely wanting one. I, I, um, I don't think anybody else is there thinking uh, now. I'll pass. Uh, obviously, there will be a leave radio one. I hope eventually. I think someone's going to have to grind out our account until it's, uh, <laughs> it's oh, ready I am to go. Oh, I'm so getting a Leifcon complete Carrier
2: skin if it's available.
0: <laughs> 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 now, we should point out at this point, uh, at this moment, that um, a lot of YouTube videos have been uh, uh, broadcast or, or created covering the... Um, uh, the creation or the announcement of these fleet carriers, however, we do have to give a special shout out to uh the ghost giraffes because basically they did a drunk review <laughs> and I think it's the best of the bunch so um yeah it, it seemed that this the announcement was made, and within fifteen to twenty minutes there were about thirty uh, uh YouTube videos all based on these fleet carriers so it's amazing how quickly these things just come straight out <laughs> hasn't been a top shift one on it cuz basically I've turned lazy so um one of the things that I did want to talk about um uh, after leaving fleet carriers is that we had a we put out a community question last week uh, uh about should um, Ed, reduce the grind in how, and we did get a reply from a from at least one of our guys. Um, uh, yingmail at tour.io replied. He, he didn't actually say his commander name, but he said that someone posted on the ED forum that you guys could use some ideas with the grind it says my ed co-pilots and i have one glaring grind issue and that is with the the raw mats the issue is that we are complete combat pilots and the only way to gather raw mats for engineering is srv surface prospecting none of us want to drive srvs and circles to pick stuff up for, uh, yet we've got to do it for many miles uh, for many hours and it's irritating miners and explorers can gain manufactured rod uh, encoded in raw mats from their normal tasks and missions, combat pilots must step away from their normal tasks to get the raw mats. The fix is simple. Add raw mats in as a mission reward uh, and make NPC mining trade ships drop some raw mats just like ships drop manufacturing mats. Um, They say that the credit grind has now gone, what with the Void Opals. Now they just would like the mat grind to go. Um, Has anybody got any thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was a good point. Actually,
2: they're making um, one thing I did question, and i to be honest, I'm not sure of the answer. But if you shoot skimmers, does that count as an in- Does that count towards your combat rank? Because if it did, what you could conceivably do is engage skimmers on a planet in combat, and then sweep the mats up as you fight the skin- as you fight the skimmers.
0: I do believe all skimmers are rated harmless, unless you are harmless yourself. They won't have any effect. Hmm. Good knowledge. Yeah, because um, I think only was it two ranks below you do your kills count. Uh, I
1: think it's only I think it's only your rank or above. Is it? Legit? I thought it was. I thought it was. <sighs> no, that,
2: you get something like one point
1: per kill. In the
2: shit <laughs> below your rank, and I think it's one and a half if it's equal, and then two if it's above. Mm, okay, something like that. Uh, no one really knows for sure
0: how the scoring works in Ticket Elite. You see, the reason that I say that is because I was always under the impression that you know two ranks below you didn't count because that was a motivation for higher level players not to attack lower level players. Because you you don't get any combat rank for it.
1: Yeah, that was that was my understanding as well. Um, I didn't know that the I didn't know that it was staged like Shan just explained. Yeah. I, I know that I, I know that I've read that I'm I think I'm dangerous now, and I I've basically been avoiding shooting, not avoiding, but I've been prioritizing targets that are deadly or elite um, because I thought they were the only ones that contributed towards rank.
2: Well, they they rank you up faster. So yeah. things like um, compromise. Mad Beacons uh, are very good for ranking up, and the Darkoid Scouts are even better, because I believe they're all ranked as Elite. Yes, yes. they are. Um, so, yeah, it's just. Inter- I think I agree with the with the poster saying they, they really should do put some raw materials in there, but then, on um, the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, how does that then affect if you've not got Horizons? Does that come out give you stuff that you shouldn't have in horizons and i'm not sure it does because you still can't
0: land the engineer bases yeah true i mean um surely it's a case of i mean can you take these mats that you've got and then take them to a commodity or um one of the uh commodity dealers and and basically
1: trade down well you've got to i think the 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 poster was saying that you've got to the annoying thing is that you the you've got to get uh raw materials somehow even if you even if you don't want to get the top grade ones you've got to get the you've got to get the lower grade ones in order to trade for the top grade ones um which means and you can't get raw materials from doing any from engaging in any kind of gameplay that combat pilots are interested in so or strictly combat pilots are interested in um so i think i think his point is um well, their point is that um, it would be nice, even if it wasn't the top grade ones. It would be nice if you could just get some uh, raw materials from combat. Mm. Uh, well, um, okay,
0: that's good, to... good question. Yeah. Very good question. I think yeah, that's it's, it's a good um, it's a good response there. Uh, although, if you included your commander name, we could have given you a, a shout out on purpose on 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 the show. Um, Right, so well, the obvious question for this week is, um, what are your thoughts on fleet carriers and have you got a specific use in mind that you're going to use yours for? So, um, we'll give you the contact details at the end of the show as we always do. Um, also that was covered on the, uh, the featured commanders, uh, by Paige Harvey this week, um, it was the Hull Seals who, um, who have been given a special mention. Now, I didn't realise this, but during Distant Worlds 2, there were 1,900 of them declared on the roster as mechanics, which is approximately 14% of the fleet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they were that big. Neither did I. It's remarkable. Well, that's the other use of carriers, isn't it? Yes. Um, I mean, if, we they have, do...
2: if they have a repair feature as part of them, then... Maybe, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, well, you get your standard repair and uh, refuel
1: options as well, don't you? And re- restock. Yeah, I think it's got re- refuel, restock, re- re-arm, uh, restock, repair, refuel, even. So, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, do you think the piracy one will have something like an interstellar factor on it, so you can get rid of your no- notoriety, mm. or you fines rather? Not your notoriety, because that just sticks with you, doesn't it?
1: Interesting. Yeah, um, could do. I'm not sure. It would, I think it would be a shame if it just had if it, if if the fleet carriers were just glorified station services menus. Um, I think that would be a real shame. Uh, I, I, I'm, I I'm hopeful that they're not implementing. It.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I'm just thinking all sorts of use situations where if you could jump one in the middle of a conflict zone, and if they're in in you know indestructible, could you just sit your fleet? Police- racking up, but then I guess that incurs you could actually fly them into a conflict zone. They wouldn't just appear somewhere
0: as a USS. Mm -hmm. That will be interesting. So, um, I guess one final thing to to say to everybody. Um, Has anybody got any final business they just want to to bring up before I give the shout-outs? Not from me. Nope.
4: I think we've covered it all.
0: Excellent. Right. Well, in that case, um, we'll give our usual shouts out. Our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, eight thirty. Uh, you can tune in at TV for the or just the audio at Radio for the uh, For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at Discord me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, and of course we'd like to thank all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat uh, with helpful links and so on uh, to everybody that's that, that's been there and hopefully next week I, I will be in, in the mayor system trying to find this blasted Thargoid. guide because <laughs> I don't think you've had much luck Kirkle. have you? Guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so, sadly, sadly, sorry i would
4: muted myself so you didn't get blasted by my fan um, No, sadly not, I've actually just left because I've been through all the signal sources right over um, Palin's old base and I got
0: Nothing something. there.
4: Oh, I mean, I've awesome. got some interceptors and i got some regular, you
0: know, but not this new Ooh. thing. I wonder if it was only in for a certain time. But, okay, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at info at com. Hit us up on facebook.com slash radio, Tweet us at radio at Lave Radio, um, or you could join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to hang out and chat, which is shared with the Hutton Orbital truckers. So if you want to uh, share any mug-related stories, feel free to drop in at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like Uh, for us to discuss in a future episode. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 8.30 GMT and streamed out at liveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Grant, thanks to Shan, thanks to Commander Kirgel, and of course, Commander Sovereign, And special thanks uh, to everybody who's joined us in the Twitch chat channel. And of course, I do believe coming up after this, we have a Galnet news by Commander spoon. but until next time commanders fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous
5: Is your life like this?
6: <laughs> I thought I was having an orange inserted <laughs> uh.
2: I'll for two seconds. And I'll be right back.
6: news digest 27th of august 3305 we read the news so you don't have to in this week's news five hearts and two heads a daring raid on palin's base a change of plan for fleet carriers outrage over alliance grave robbers controversy as race winner dies twice Five Hearts and Two Heads, a daring raid on Palin's base. A new variant of Thargoid Interceptor has been reported close to the abandoned Palin Research Centre in Maya, and it's very, very fast. Palin abandoned the base after alleged Thargoid harassment in mid-July. This new Thargoid interceptor, which was discovered by Commander Mad King Hastur, is known as the Orthrus variant. It's a little-known fact about Tharg the Mighty that he attended Jesus College in Cambridge, where he studied classics. He likes to name his interceptors after Greek monsters, and this variant is named after the two-headed dog, brother of Cerberus, who guarded cattle and was killed by Hercules. If Tharg sticks to this naming scheme, the Thargoid Mothership will be called Echidna. Although it appears to be very similar to the Basilisk, it has the same five hearts, Gauss cannon do the same amount of damage, and in fact tissue samples appear to be identical to those from the Basilisk. It looks different, with a different cockpit and a sunburst arrangement surrounding it, and the texture of its petals are similar to those of Barnacles. It also has numerous small protrusions on its petals that look like the result of a viral infection, which is of course the reason the Thargoids need their meta-alloys so desperately. The Orthrus seems keen to run away. With its unknown drive modules it's hard to keep up with, although Mad King Hastur managed to be the first person to get their ship destroyed by one, after he rammed it at high speed. So, how could it be that a souped-up basilisk, could be flying away from Professor Palin's old base with a new, unknown type of thruster far faster than any Thargoid interceptor has flown before. There can be only one answer. Tharg the mighty has stolen the recipe for Palin's dirty, dirty drives. A change of plan for fleet carriers. Just as an extra little treat, um, we're going to allow squadrons to purchase their own fleet carriers. So these three large dockable vessels um, are going to act as a mobile base of operations for squadrons where its members can uh, refuel, uh, rearm and respawn. The Pilots' Federation has provided more details about squadron fleet carriers. The big shock is they won't be squadron carriers at all. Originally announced in October 3303 as coming in December 3304, the Pilots' Federation was forced to slip that ambitious schedule to allow manufacturers more time to install the bigness required for these mobile space stations. Now that they are nearly ready for the rescheduled release one year later, fleet carriers have had the word squadron removed and will now be purchasable by individual commander for what's described as a large amount of credits. Speculation is rife that the purchase price is likely to be in excess of one million credits, and that the ships will be powered using Querium fuel, with the amount of Quirium proportional to the number of light-years jumped, up to a maximum of a rather impressive 500 light-years. Flying the fleet carriers will use a point-and-click interface in the Galaxy map, and the jumps will be scheduled, so there'll be plenty of time to play Guardian Ultra Chess while waiting for your hyperspace takeoff slot. In addition to the three R's repair, rearm and refuel, fleet carriers will include customizable services to support different activities. Quite possibly the exploration loadout may include a universal cartographics uplink so explorers will never need to return home and can pilot their carriers in their unwashed underpants forevermore. Fleet carriers may include support vehicles, quite what they actually are is yet to be clarified. Will they also include shipyards, allowing the commander's fleet to be transferred aboard? Will they stock new ships for purchase? The squadron ethos is not quite abandoned each Commander will be able to set permissions to allow other Commanders to dock on his fleet carrier, which creates the opportunity for some fun with friends. For example, who hasn't wanted to take their fellow Commander on an expedition to the edge of the galaxy, wait until the Commander undocks, and then jump quickly away, leaving them stranded in a ten light-year fur lance? The Buckyball Racing Club is no doubt already planning a Fleet Carrier Buckyball A-Star race, which may take some time to complete given the need to gather fuel and schedule each jump. One peculiar feature of Fleet Carriers is that they repel other Fleet Carriers. You'll only ever see one of them at a time. Fleet Carriers are believed to be indestructible, and can carry up to 16 active ships at a time. Canon Interstellar is reported to be concerned that its behemoth megaship the Gnosis, which is only capable of jumping once per week, may be rendered obsolete by fleet carriers. But of course this is nonsense. Fleet carriers don't have a solid gold statue of Doctor Arcanon in the docking area. And of course, unlike fleet carriers, the Gnosis can accommodate a whole squadron. Outrage over Alliance Grave Robbers So-called artists working for the Alliance Festival of Culture have been removing items from a graveyard, according to reports. Bones of Dreams, a dance piece, is supposed to be a portrayal of inhumanity, and it certainly is that. It's performed by robot dancers that are made from equipment and parts stolen from the galactically famous Teonisla orbital graveyard. Not many of those who buried their loved ones in that graveyard can have imagined it being looted to make mechanical puppets to dance for the amusement of the people of New Caledonia. It's not so much dancing on their graves, but making their graves dance. The Alliance Festival of Culture's theatre and dance programme continues in the Tionisla system until the end of the week, and the series of cultural events will conclude with a major event in Alioth the week after. Controversy as race winner dies. Twice. The highly irresponsible Buckyball Racing Club plumbed new depths this week, when it announced the winner of the hot-off-the-press competition. Commander Numerlor completed the photographic assignment in 6 minutes 32 seconds, but he only achieved this by self-destructing in his SRV, thus gaining the required shot of a destroyed vehicle, and then by smashing his ship through a buckyball hollow advert straight into the side of a station, instantly blowing up and being teleported back to the finish line at the printworks. By not disqualifying him, the Bucky Buckyballers were not only condoning wanton destruction and loss of life, they were also permitting Commander Numerlore to break the race requirements. Competitors were required to return to the printworks and land. Numerlor was rescued in his remlock and transported back, rather than returning himself, and as he took possession of a new ship which was already on the landing pad, neither did he land. And yet, he got away with it. Numerlore, with his initiative, lateral thinking and bending of the rules, is clearly an excellent fit for the criminal underworld of the Buckyball Racing Club. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.